0: Welcome to episode five sixteen of the Barcelona podcast. Brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm hoping a two two draw to go into the international break is never fun. I agree. I do have some negative from today. Obviously, of course, a two two draw will do that to you. Where you're down to nothing. But I do have one or two positives. But we'll see how many positives I can get to. So let's dive right in the five headlines from Barca's two two draw with Granada. And of course, if you're not subscribed yet to the channel or you don't follow along on Apple Podcasts or Spotify where we listen to your podcasts. Give it five stars. That's a big help. As always, let's dive right into those headlines. Headline one is do your homework. Even with the draw today, Granada has six points in this league of season, putting them at 19th place in the table and still fighting relegation. But Barca let them off the hook quite a bit by, I guess, not doing their homework on Brian Zaragoza. Now, they probably did. Of course, you cover him in a scout with his three goals and eight games coming into the matchup. But I guess Barca didn't do enough homework, or at least they weren't good enough on the day to stop him at least. Because for both of his goals, I do give some credit to the player, of course, and find it easy to point out who could probably have done better for Barcelona, though. First minute of the game, you can't concede in the first minute. You can never concede in the first minute against a team, especially with how many times they've conceded this year, have not had a single shutout in the Liga this season. Then you've got to make sure that you start the game on the front foot and you don't allow that back five to settle in. So within the first minute, the first 20 seconds actually, Gabi was swarmed, lost the ball, Gundawan completely missed the tackle. Brian Zaragoza made the diagonal run in behind Christensen, and Kunde turned to block the shot, but Brian Zaragoza had a good angle for him, and honestly, Tishtegin probably should have done better as well. For the second one later in the half, Gabi was out of position to stop the passing lane once Fermín López stepped to press. Something which you saw Xavi was getting really frustrated in this game could have been a little bit of an exuberance of youth from certain players, but yeah, he was asking everyone to press harder and press up higher, but you have to do that as a unit, or it's too easy to have one pass break down the midfield. And that's what happened. Gabi, reminder, he's only 19 years old too. And Fermi Lopez was playing in his first start ever. So Gabi found himself on the wrong side of former Barca midfielder Jared Gumbau, who had the space to hit the long ball forward. But I think, again, you expect Kunde and Ter Stegen to do something about this shot and setup from Brian Zaragoza. Just turn Kunde inside out and score the goal. Also to note here too in the buildup, Kinsella wasn't truly at fault for the goals. But it is a numbers game and that does matter. If you were making a 2v2 on the counter instead of 3v2 with the defense having the extra man, then you have to get your tackles right, and you take the risk of conceding if you lose the 1v1, which Barca did. And Barca lost the 1v1 twice today. Ter Stegen didn't do well enough, and that's what you get. Conceding first was the biggest problem in this game, and it set Barca up from the start for the eventual failure, though they certainly had their chances. But also, also, to credit Brian Zaragoza again, he's 22 was a major reason why Granada won the Segunda division last season and just got his first Spanish call-up today. Going into the game, Sidlow pointed out at halftime that he had 15 more dribbles heading into the game than anyone else in the Liga. And that's a crazy stat for a player playing for a team with 6 points in 9 matches. But when you get a brace against Barcelona and play your best game against one of the big two or big three, people learn your name. Sometimes all it takes is one to make a career. Brian Zargotha may have had a really great day for his career in just 29 minutes against Barcelona. Headline two is Barca did have ideas. At least in the first half, they had some ideas. It never felt like they were out of ideas. At least I'll say that. I'll walk all that back. Because after they got the goal, Granada defended in a 5-3-2 and had not collected a single shutout this season. And with the chances that Barcelona, I thought, had in this game, you obviously could see. I mean, they did score and tie it. Again, we kind of talk about these games that Barcelona lost. They were down 2 nothing, so it felt like a loss. They had to fight for the draw. And now you sit a full three points behind Real Madrid in the Liga table. So it does, of course, feel like a loss when Granada is sitting in the relegation zone. But what I will credit Barca with is that they did look like the better team on the day. Yeah, they had all that possession, but especially in the first half, I felt like even down 2 nothing, It wasn't any sense that they were out of that game and they didn't feel the same comeback vibes. They felt a bunch of times this season and last season. The forward line kept moving, the midfielders kept moving, they kept playing off one another really well, and I thought Fermi Lopez in his debut, the result isn't too flattering for him, but I thought he was pretty good on the press, pretty good on the turn, pretty good in tight spaces, and pretty good with his shot too. There was a few shots from him that he had in the game and didn't have enough power on them, but hey, if he gets a little more power on them or gets his boot behind them a little bit better, then those in the back of the net, we're talking about a totally different day for him in Barcelona. And even working to get on that overwarded pitch... Barcelona was creating a few things, an interlocking play in the middle well, and I thought that something was coming. Sure. There was really good interchange in that first half, we'll say at least, between Ferran Torres dropping in and everybody else kind of running off of him as a center point and a focus. And that's what I want to see for Ferran Torres coming in for Lewandowski. Barcelona were down, but they had those moments, especially even on the counter. For as much as they had possession, it was a counter where they were really dangerous. Granada was playing well with some combinations there in the 16th minute. But as I said, Barca found them on the counter, spaced them out, and João Felix got his first action of the game getting in behind at that point. 21st minute too, Gabi makes a good run off of Fermin Lopez to find space between the lines. Good first touch, sets up the shot, but the goalkeeper saved it. And here's another example of those combinations in possession, 22nd minute here. Wonderful tight space stuff from Luminium All to get the toe poke, and then Fermin Lopez, Gabi, and Cancelo to keep possession, eventually winning the throw-in. I thought Barca, for all the criticisms we've had of them for the last year plus, basically the whole Xavi and Kuman regimes, with this team still playing behind the ghosts of Xavi and Iniesta and Busquets and Messi as well. They lost an ability to play in tight spaces. But I feel like this team, as we talked about the talent, even with all the injuries, the talent has risen to the point where this team is just straight up better. Cancelo and Jao Felix do that. They do. Lamini Maul fits right in with that. Fermin Lopez looks like he fits right in with that too. Gabi is getting better and better at that. This Barcelona team can play in those tight spaces. And playing in those tight spaces, working off each other, and great timing is how you get in behind and beat these five man back lines. And I felt like they were going to do that in this game. It just felt like a matter of time. Headline three is one player goes down a game. Here's another unfortunate part of this part of the season, though. It's really difficult to play with chemistry and play with you trust everybody and you trust your teammates when you lose a starter. Not even just like a player. You lose a starter, arguably a star, seemingly every game. Kunde goes down injured on an offside call. It's just brutal for that to happen as well, that they don't stop the play. He gets injured when it's already offside, but tried to stay out there to finish the first half, but couldn't. And then Araujo comes on for him in the 44th minute. And shouts to Rafa Aldamui, who was on the show as the most recent guest on the podcast. He made the point that this is the most important part of the season again, especially with the Champions League. For the Liga, that's one thing. You got to survive these moments. But for the Champions League, with all of these injuries and the group stage mattering so much at this juncture in the season... You'd hope that it's the time with the most injuries and there aren't more coming, but every single week, it seems like another player is going down. Not even week, game. It's every game. It's two players a week are going down. And Barcelona, with the skeleton crew they had, I guess in a way, survived a 2-2 with Granada. I would hope that optimistically, that players, maybe their progress is a bit better during the international break than you even predicted. But with Pedri, you always say, give him even longer than they say. With De Jong, not really often injured, but he's going to be a while. That's a pretty nasty injury. Lewandowski, you know that he's going to be three to four weeks. It's going to be a little bit. So Barcelona is kind of on their last legs. And I mean, three points here would have mattered a whole lot, but silver lining might be, if this team is a lot healthier in the spring, just like it was last year than it was in the fall, then just like last year, they could go on a run. And this certainly, with all the injuries, may not be the very best of Barcelona that we have. This is not the best version of Barcelona that we will see this season. And that could be what decides the Liga in the second half of the year. Fortunately for Barcelona, I will say this, with Adam Militao and Courtois out for the whole season, that is different than Barcelona, who should have all of their players back, you'd hope, by the beginning of December. And they could use a little bit of that winter break to also get their legs behind them, get ready to go for January in the second half of the season and really hit the ground running at least if they survive the Champions League group stage, which really is one of the main things of this season. I do think this team even could survive with the six points they've already picked up, but we'll have to see. When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippin or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's Piquet and Pugliel or Piquet and Mascherano. Or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough and as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season, you hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention, those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy, and all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content Everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you wanna grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is a global force behind all Birds, Rothies and Linen and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com tbpod now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com tbpod.
1: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: Headline four is youngest Liga score, because here's the real good news from this game. I felt like he was also coming in this one for Mall, As I said, things were happening and he was seeing a lot more, at least from my perspective. I'm not even looking at the touches. I'm going to ignore that. I'm going to trust the eye test because I know people don't like that they get a little too analytical. So trusting the eye test, Laminia Mall was much more involved in this contest than he was in the previous three or four. And even though he did ask to get subbed off for what seemed to be not a major injury, but a little bit of a concern, he definitely was feeling better than he was the other day because I like how fast Laminia Mall makes his decision to go 1v1 or not. And I think that's so essential and kind of different than what we see from Baldi on the other side, or even for Demele, where Demele, you always knew he was going 1v1. There was no question. But Lina Ball is so good with a pass, and he's so good at cutting the ball back and just making those decisions quickly, that here you see, he makes his mind up that he's not going to go right 1v1 with the defender. And that is totally fine in this moment. There are other moments where because he had made this such of a quick decision, the defender is just like, okay, well, is he going to do the same thing again? Am I a step back now? And sometimes, again, if you get a defender to turn off, then you attack them, which I think he did the very next time, then you can get behind him. And, and all. he's just so good in these 1v1 decisions, not even the 1v1 situations, but the 1v1 decisions. But his goal has nothing to do with him going in a 1v1 situation, because this might possibly be, I hope it's not, but this may be the easiest goal he might ever score. His first goal makes him the youngest league of scorer. I don't even have to say other names. He just becomes number one on that list. The goal scored by Fabrice Olinga was while well, I was already watching the Liga. So it's not like I have to go way back in the... That's being Celta de Vigo a few years ago. So I don't have to go that far back in the way back machine of, of history and all that stuff. Blumini I he now has his face as the youngest Liga scorer in history. Pretty incredible, too. That is an incredible thing. I mean, yes, Barcelona does win some games, does have a lot more goals than the average team scores, and Real Madrid doesn't really trust their young teenagers, so... I guess it makes sense that a Barcelona youth player would be the one who holds that record. I think that makes sense. But he still score the goal. Still had to happen. Jao Felix gets a lot of credit though on the goal. He attracted everybody to him. And Ferran Torres keeps Avaro Fernandez, who's a young player as well. He kept his eyes on him, set up right in the middle. He's the more dangerous player. So Lumini Mall stayed onside, pounced on Jao Felix, shot deflection. Easy goal for him. And again, gets the record at 16 years and still less than 100 days. Just an incredible thing for a 16-year-old kid. And then headline five, it's usually not the big one, but it is this time. Wild scenes late. Even the second half, Barca had something brewing, but it was less consistent than the first half. And I did feel like Barcelona had less of a chance to really truly win that game, even though they had some things brewing for a draw. I didn't think they were going to win the game. there the way things were happening in the second half because the Fords and Gabi in particular, reasonably as well with the high press that Xavi was asking for and for the way that they were chasing that game, the Fords and Gabi reasonably lost a little gas there in the second half and the attack did become a bit stagnant but you don't have any choices off the bench. That's a lot to throw at Paul Victor and Mark G, who I think if bars are up in this game, they get their debuts, but they had never played with most of that team. And to beat five at the back when you are trailing, you do need that chemistry. You do need that timing that comes from weeks and weeks. And Jao Faust doesn't even have some of that sometime, the Cancelo, but that come from a lot of games and the experience of knowing where your teammates are going to be who've already played with. You can't trust that on the debut. So I still hope to see Paul Victor and Mark G maybe after the break, maybe against Shakhtar Donetsk. Though, unfortunately, neither of those two were named to the Champions League roster on how Alarcon was, and he got hurt again, which he'll be out for the Shakhtar in game. So, unfortunately, maybe coming back for the Liga, I know Athletic Club is up next, so I don't know. Maybe Bars could take a lead against them. But, yeah, it's a place you don't put young kids in. And you know me. It's always play the kids for me. But I don't think this is the right moment for them in this game with you desperately needing points down to nothing at that point in the first half. And then even down 2-1, you still had to rescue some points from that game. But the guys on the field in the second half, They lost their legs and they did need to be replaced. Ferran Torres, he had a poor touch from a really good long ball over the defense to the darting run from Torres. doesn't mean he had a bad day. It just meant that he gave all he had in the first half and he didn't have much left to give there in the second. And it affects all the little nuance things about how they work together. Where are the passes going to? Which foot are they going to? The player's more comfortable foot? Is the ball coming on those passes in the path of the player or behind them? Which shoulder are you playing the ball to for a player who's under pressure? And I think that was the biggest difference. All those questions from the first half to the second. In the first half, I thought they were much cleaner to where the ball was even being played to and how they were combining as opposed to the second half where while they were making a pass and they may not have been giving up possession, they weren't able to help each other continue play or to continue on or to make the moves off the move, off the move, and the third man runs. It just wasn't working there. Granada and Lucas Boye almost made it 3-1 off a free kick. I have to give credit to Granada too. They were up for the match as bad as they've been. But boy, it couldn't hit it on target and the flexion looked like it came off Christensen's head and could have been a disaster, but Barcelona wore that. 61st minute. As I already explained why I don't think the kids came in this game, that meant that who are you going to turn to? Well, Sergio Roberto came on for Fermin Lopez and Sergio Roberto, it's not the worst thing to see him defending against a team like Granada. We again, talk about level. I'm concerned that Roberto doesn't play enough to play in any amount of game that matters. And yeah, getting points against Granada is a moment that matters, but Sergio Roberto would be an instant starter for Granada. Like, sorry, that's how good he is. He's at that level. He's a captain of Barcelona, which I know is something he earned by being around and not necessarily for what he does on the field. But he plays his role on Barcelona. It's the same argument I always make in Marco Alonso. If you could replace them with talent, sure, you can. But for the money that they're on, you don't replace them. And they're in this squad because eventually, if you go down the list of injuries, you might need to call on them in moments like this. And listen, if it was all about Sergio Roberto, he would have started the game. But Fermin Lopez started the game because Fermin Lopez is above Sergio Roberto in the depth chart, which is, I think, what everybody would ask for. And so Roberto wasn't that bad in this game. He scored the goal. We'll talk about it in a second. On the other side, Balde was defending well, I thought, but not creating anything from that left side. And I think that did hurt Barcelona a bit today. The fifth defender meant that he saw, that being Balde, two guys regularly, but he wasn't releasing the ball early enough as the second player started to come his way. Very much, I know I always use the basketball analogies, but it is like a double team, the same thing from basketball to football. You've got to release the ball or pass the ball before that second man, while he's still in transition before he gets to you. Because then once he gets to you, then the guys behind him have now set up and are prepared to fill that gap and fill that hole. And if you don't get the ball over horizontally quick enough, they're going to fill all those gaps. I think Renata did that because Baldé wasn't releasing the ball fast enough. Now, it's this weird thing with Baldé too, because I feel like I keep bringing this up. Either he has a good day and he's the prodigy at left back that we all thought he was, or he has a bad day. And then people are jumping on him like, ah, Balde, what's his problem? He's not going to be good enough, da 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 And I think with Balde, just like Gabi, we forget how young he is. And this is what I mean by the exuberance of youth. All of these individual young players, Balde and Gabi and Pedri at the time, and the list goes on. Fermi Lopez, Lumini Mall. they all deserve to be there. They're all good enough individual talents to play for your first team, for even a team like FC Barcelona. They are all up to the levels, and they're all the deserving starters. But when you have so many players who are kind of growing together and learning at the same time and being young players all at the same time, then moments like this do coalesce. Where you, It feels like you have just a bit too many young players, but I also wouldn't have it any other way. So it really is a chicken or the egg thing. Would you deal with a 2-2 draw against Granada? Is that meant that in three years time or even two years time, you've got seven starters under the age of 23 for FC Barcelona who are pushing against... Golden Boy Awards, and pushing into top 100 player lists, and you have seven different players that are doing that for your club, and you kind of have to take your lumps now with a lot of them. It is. Like Luminium All, if he's 24, and we don't know if he'll be on this path, but yeah, a 24-year-old version of this version of Luminium All is going to be a totally different spot and probably just wins you this game. If he continues to improve and learn, and he's 24 years old, like that guy's a superstar and crushes Granada spirits today. And that's what's going to happen. Even three years from now, Balde might have a much better final ball than that. Or maybe even two months from now, Gabi on that second goal presses better as a unit behind Fermi Lopez and recognizes that a second quicker and it doesn't happen. And it doesn't mean that these kids aren't unbelievable because again, individually, they're all unbelievable, but it's just all happening at the same time. So I understand the argument about Roberto and Balde and even Oriol Verme, who came on in the 76th minute for Luminium All. I, I get all of those arguments about not only what these younger players can do right now but also will do for you in the future and I totally understand all those arguments but I do feel like this game was missing DeYoung and Lewandowski and just one or two or three more adults in the room against Granada whether you're a world-class
2: athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network
0: Romeo for Mall. it seems like a defensive move, but I feel like people don't know their ball when they say, ah, why would you put in a defensive player? We do know the way that Barcelona plays with possession that a lot of times you put in a defensive player, which does allow somebody else who's having to defend to step forward. And that's what happened. Romeo came on and Barcelona got more attacking immediately with some chances. Araujo and Cancelo both came forward And Goodwin stepped higher because Romelu was on the field to do the job that the other guys shouldn't have had to do because they had to go attack. So Araujo just missing the shot. First touch, set up his shot, couldn't get it on goal. Power was there, had the keeper beat, and really could have had the second goal at that point in the game. If that goes in, it's a different conversation. Gabi had a shot a minute later, but right at the keeper. 80th minute. Now Barcelona made some mistakes here. At this juncture, they need to be wider. They've got to stretch things out in this moment. And again, the exuberance of youth or even tired legs, one or the other but still Barcelona kept fighting. So good on them, where they're learning as a team with all these young players and they're playing veterans that wouldn't get minutes in a better squad. And yet they still had the fight to come all the way back. The 2-2 comes, and this is why I said wild scenes here. Zhao Felix goes down, then he bumps Vallejo, and he goes down. Then Cajon goes down on Zhao Felix's backside. So with everybody out of position and why Cajon didn't stay with Balde is crazy, by the way. His decision is not that of a veteran leader to go and flop on... Zhao Felix's backside, even though Zhao Felix was there in the half space, that in theory was still covered by Viejo and Balde was a wide open man. So Balde's cross intended for Sergio Roberto finds his target and Roberto got just enough on it. So yeah, if you're going to make a whole thing and bring all your eyes to Zhao Felix, Balde and Sergio Roberto, if they're wide open, are going to make you pay. That's a 2-2. Now 88th minute, Brian Zargotha hit the post and misses out on the hat trick and the winner and that one's going to be forgotten because of what happened in the 93rd minute, but that really could have been the moment for Barcelona. The winner, though, for Barcelona called offside. Cancel to Jao Felix. The header was clean. Onside for Jao Felix. Ferran Torres was offside at the near post. Or was he? Like I've seen two different angles. I've seen him be offside. I've seen him not be offside. It depends on the angle that you're taking your picture from and where you're drawing that line at that moment. And I don't know, because if he is offside, and that's what the VAR saw, Then did he put the keeper off because he was right in front of him? I also don't think it was enough to put the keeper off. But I'm not sure about that. And VAR, you're assuming that what we saw on broadcast, which is that high stadium cam, that there is another angle that VAR had that was more decisive and definitive. Or what I always say that because it was called on the field by the sideline official to be offside, that it had to be clear and obvious to overturn it. So I do get the argument that maybe they didn't see enough or could understand enough of him not putting off the goalkeeper when he was already called offside. So I don't know. Without showing my bias, I don't think Ferran Torres did enough to put off the goalkeeper if he was offside, but I also seen angles where he was onside, that being Ferran Torres. It was, I think, the left back whose left foot was on the line if you want to draw it that way. So it depends on where you draw the line to. And Jao Felix, of course, clean header. So I don't know. I think Barcelona are actually a little bit hard done by to not get to three points today. But with all the injuries and all the youth and all the older players getting minutes now, it feels like, yeah, I guess you walk away with the point, meaning you're three points behind Real Madrid, but you're still undefeated in the league. And on the season, Barcelona have not picked up an L yet this season. So don't forget that. As bad as it is, there's a lot of players missing, and Barcelona still have not taken an L as much as this feels like one. So that is the silver lining. That's the positive. Because if you're still here... You know you just want the positive if you're still at this point. And if you're still here, of course, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you know where to find me, the Barcelona on the Pod, Patreon, Close Facebook Group, YouTube. We got the merch store still on Teespring. That didn't go anywhere. But most importantly, thanks for listening to the show. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon for some more awesome. stuff.